Hello. Hopefully this is working this time. So this is my second time doing this. Uh, as somebody just informed me that I did not turn my microphone on. So hopefully you can actually hear me now. Um, so hello. Welcome to Mana Media again. Uh, I'm here today because I feel like God's put something in my heart to share with you. And it is... What do you do when your heart is sick and weary and hoping that the promises that God has spoken into your life is just so painful? It's just really painful. And I want to share with you something um, of my own journey over the last three years, over two specific promises that God had spoken over my life. So three years ago, when God spoke about these two things, I thought, wow, God's going to do this. And I thought, God's going to do this right now. Because to me, that it felt like a now word. It felt like an imminent word. Um Three years later, only now am I seeing the fruits of one of those two promises. But the process of getting to here was so painful. I felt in my spirit, like, well, not in my spirit, in my soul. I felt in my mind, my will and my emotions that this was going to happen then, right then. And it just didn't work out like that. So the process I feel is where the promise really bears its substance. Whenever this started happening, I had a dream. And in the dream, I was on a beach. And I'd laid out my towel and I'd laid out all of my belongings. I'd laid everything out in the beach. And every time I got up and walked away, the waves, the tide just came in and washed all of my belongings into the sea. And I ran out to the sea and just like frantically grabbed all of my stuff and then laid it exactly where I'd left it on the beach. And then I dandered away and the same thing happened. The wave came in and washed everything away. And I was frantically like trying to collect and gather my things. And I stood on that beach and I, I said, I've got, I can't do this. Like, this is really bad. I've got to get to a higher place. So I started, I turned around and behind me was this mountain, really, really steep, like hill mountain. And I said, I've got to get to a higher place. So I left everything at the bottom of that mountain on the beach. I left all of my belongings and I started hiking up this really steep hill. I remember the walk up that hill in my dream was so hard. It was like I could feel almost feel the muscles in my legs like tearing. It was so steep and I didn't think I was going to make it. But once I did, like my lungs, my legs, my back, my arms, my head was splitting. It was like it was so hard. And when I got to the top, everything looked so different. Because when I was on the beach, the waves looked scary. Everything was moving, everything was changing. But up there on the top of that mountain, looking down at the sea, it looked tiny. 
It didn't look intimidating. I couldn't hear the roar of the waves. I was on a rock. And what God taught me about that dream was that in life, situations can be like the inter- interchanging of the tides or on a beach. So a beach, um, environmentally speaking, as a habitat, is very unstable. Uh, for example, if you went to a beach after a storm, it would look very different from what it did just the day before. So beaches are always moving. And the sea is almost, for me, in this dream, and what God spoke to me about this dream, was these specific promises he'd spoken to my life were like my belongings on the beach. And I was putting all of my hopes on this beach, hoping that it was going to work out. I was uh, setting up camp there, if you will. And then the sea of humanity, people in their flesh, making decisions, um, making bad choices, their words hurting me, would just come in and take all of my hopes and dreams away and suck them away. And I would be left standing with nothing time and time again. And he said, Danielle, I want you, I want you to come up higher. I want you to come into my heart. I want you to find your place with me. And as I went to the top of that mountain, there was a cabin bed. Now these cabin beds were something that were in the 90s. I don't even know if they still make them now. They probably do, but it wasn't just like a bed, like a one level bed. It was like a high bed with steps, like a bunk bed, but with just one bed. And I climbed up into that bed. I put my hands behind my head and I just looked at the clouds. And as I focused on the clouds and the goodness of God, one of those two promises that God had spoken to me about got in beside me. And then as we were laughing and smiling and rejoicing in the goodness and the faithfulness of God, the second part of that promise also got in beside all three of us. And we all laughed and smiled and praised God and rejoiced in his faithfulness and how he can bring everything around in the end. And God really spoke to me and he said, Danielle, you have to stop placing your hopes in people and in situations and in circumstances. Because every time they don't work out the way you think they're going to work out, your heart's getting broken. This was a really hard time for me in my life. I um, I lost a lot. I had to give up a lot. Um, I had to walk away from people that meant a lot to me. It cost, it cost me things that I never thought I'd have to pay. And God taught me a lot in this season about boundaries because God can offer something to someone or speak to someone about something, but this season of its fruition might not necessarily be then. But he also taught me about the fruits that people are bearing in their own lives and their own, the scripture tells us that uh, Jesus is the vine, we're the branches and the father is the vine dresser. So if we're grafted into the vine, we we grow the branches and we bear fruit. We can't force the fruit, right? The fruit doesn't come through us. It comes through the vine, but we are the bearers of the fruit. And what was happening, what God was showing to me that was happening was that I was bearing fruit and 
because I was putting all my expectations and hopes in people and they were letting me down. They were saying one thing and doing another. They were saying they were going to come through for me and then they were completely letting me down. In fact, they were completely doing the opposite and really, really hurting me consistently time and time and time and time again. They were like in Song of Songs and it says, catch for us the little foxes, the foxes that uh, are ruining our vineyards, the vineyards that are in full bloom. And God started highlighting all of these little foxes and he said, sweetie, you've got to build some fences. Sometimes protecting what God has done in your life means building fences through placing boundaries. And in this season of my life, I started building fences I started uh, creating boundaries where these people could not hurt me anymore and that I was protecting what God had invested in my life. Um, I'm not responsible and neither are you for the productivity of anybody's uh, vines, right? We are only responsible and accountable before the throne of God at the end of your life. You're only responsible for the... uh, the production of the fruit that you're bearing on the vineyard of your heart with God. And so I went through this process of stop stepping into the father's shoes. I was almost trying to trim off bad branches in these people's lives. And in doing so was really hurting myself and hurting that person. So I put up boundaries. I um, I learned that to be a Christian doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be nice all the time, uh, but that I, you could be assertive without being offensive. You could say the truth uh, without really damaging someone. And so I started to be assertive and uh, say that this behavior is not okay and how you're treating me is not okay. Because in my pursuit of seeing the promise of God in my life, I was neglecting the I was neglecting the the worthiness that God has spoken over my life also. I was settling for things that were actually damaging me. So as God reshuffled things in my mind, I started to see other parts of my life. Um as beautiful that I didn't even see were there and once my focus was taken away from this promise and how it was going to turn out and how I could do anything possible to try and make it work uh, once I diverted my attention from here to over here other things started happening I started bearing different fruit that I didn't even know that I could bear um not just with that one promise but the other ones um, the second promise that God spoke to me about at that season and that time through this dream and all, lots of other things um, was about someone very close to me as well, someone who means a lot to me and their behaviour was getting worse and worse and worse and I just thought, God, I've lost this person, this person is lost. How is this situation ever going to turn around? It just looked hopeless. It looked totally hopeless and uh, it was a very, very hard time. It was a very hard time. But around that time, God started speaking to me through the metaphor of seeds and gardening and planting. Um, 
maybe some of you have actually seen, uh, I spoke about uh, in a church at some point in the last year, about the kingdom seed. And so God spoke to me through this metaphor of how this person was like a seed that's buried deep in darkness in the soil. And all I was seeing was the soil. I couldn't even see the seed. My heart was broke because I was like, God, where is this seed? Where is this? You've promised God. Why are you not coming through for us? Why is this not happening? This person, you know, like, I just don't understand. And so many times I actually almost did damage by trying to dig up the seed and see what was going on to try and make it work, to try and fix it, to try and cause this seed to grow. But what I didn't realise was that inside that little seed, God had put everything that it needed to grow, but the conditions just weren't right. And in the process of doing so, I learned to let go. I learned to stop trying to control everything. I don't know about you, but I can be a bit of a control freak sometimes. And when you look as an example, if you look at a conker or even an acorn, inside the acorn is an oak tree. That's not going to grow into a maple tree or a sycamore. It's going to grow into an oak tree. But it comes from a tiny little acorn. And I had to learn to trust that inside that seed that was buried under darkness, God was going to bring something beautiful. Now, the last three years of letting go, putting that boundary, of removing people from my life that were damaging what God was trying to do in my life because they weren't ready, because they were caught in their flesh, because they were walking in their own will and not in the Holy Spirit's will. By putting those boundaries, by saying this far and no further, by trusting that God had that little seed planted in the soil, by trusting that that's, that seed was being transformed and that it was breaking out, that it was growing roots, that there was stuff going on beneath the surface, that it was dying to itself to come up as something new. I had to trust that God was in the middle of that, even when I couldn't see anything and I was walking blindly. And my heart got so sick in that process. I was placing all of my hopes in people. I was placing all of my hopes that situations were going to work out and God was going to fulfill his promise in this way or God was going to fulfill his promise in this way. When in reality, he hasn't fulfilled his promise in either of the way, in any of the ways that I thought he was going to because his ways aren't our ways. His ways are so not our ways. And I completely took my hands off the situation and I started to climb higher. I left everything. I dropped everything um, and I started climbing that hill, the, the hill of holiness, right? And pursued intimacy with God. And I've got to this place in the last year specifically where I've just been at rest in those, promise, those promises. I've completely let go. Where before I was like obsessed with them almost, like this has got to happen now, it's got to happen now, it's got to happen now. I'm like, Mm, it'll happen when it's supposed to and God if it's not meant to that you will work it out in your own time and if the answer is still no that God there's something else you know um because he's faithful and he doesn't let us down um 
So what I would say to you is a number of things. How do you know that God is speaking to you? Around this time, I read a book and it's been a, like a textbook almost, like a reference book that I keep going back to time and time and time again in my walk. And it's by a lady called Colette Toach, T-O-A-C-H. And uh, it's called The Metamorphosis of a Prophet. And it basically talks about all the different ways that you can hear God. Um, a lot of the time when people say God has spoken to me about something, I automatically, I think it's just in all of us, right? We just think that people are hearing an audible voice all the time. Um, that's like very rarely the case. Uh, in my whole life, I have heard the audible voice of God twice. Once when I came to faith and the second time when he healed me. Both of those times were landmark moments in my walk with Jesus that have completely and utterly changed my life in every way possible. Why do I think that we don't hear the audible voice of God all the time? Or that when we do, it's very rare. Um, some people never hear the audible voice of God. But the reason that I think that is, is those two times that I've experienced it, the power of God and the glory of God was too much for my body to bear. Um, I, I shook violently. It was something, it was like <laughs> um, indescribable. It was an indescribable moment that I'll never be able to forget. Um, but I don't think that we we could not live in that place because we are flesh and God is God. And to hear the voice of God, I mean, people in the Old Testament were struck down dead. You know, it's, God is like really powerful. Um, however, he has given us his Holy Spirit and it is through the Holy Spirit speaking to us um, through dreams, through visions um, also through this inner voice. Um, some of you might have heard of that. It's like an inner knowing. Um, oh, that's separate. The inner voice is like a whisper almost, you know, in your prayer time. Other ways he can speak to you through bringing things into remembrance. So, for example, if I was praying with someone and all of a sudden, and I wasn't thinking about it, someone would pop into my head and I'd think, hmm, someone, better get the Bible out. And I would read that scripture and it's exactly relevant to that person in their situation. That is the Holy Spirit speaking to us through bringing things into remembrance. Um, there's lots and lots of ways God can speak to you through nature. He can speak to you through like, like sense. Uh, you know, when you smell something um, like, for example, when I smell lavender, I automatically go back to this beautiful place of feeling at home um I love that you know smells are very powerful God has given us senses for a reason um to to fully experience life in abundance in a fleshly human body there's another thing called the I think it's the ermine and the thermin definitely said that wrong definitely said that wrong but that's basically the knowing in your knower to you know your gut instinct that says this is right or this is wrong 
So God can speak to you in lots of different ways, um, lots and lots and lots of different ways. The primary way God speaks to you is through developing a relationship with his word and scripture and also um, in prayer. So I want you to consider all of those things. When God speaks to you about a promise through any of those ways or means, I would recommend you get that book, actually, because it will really help you in your discovery of hearing and cultivating the voice of God. Um, It's really, really helped me. But in your process of hearing God and those promises, make sure that you're getting confirmations. Make sure that things are being confirmed through scripture, that you can ask, as scripture says, right, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, it's done. Like we have to seek confirmation from people, have people around you that are wise counsel um, without telling them what is happening in your situation ask them to seek God Uh, for me around this time I was doing all of these things and I got to a certain point where I said okay I'm gonna put everything right now that you've promised me Jesus I'm gonna put it in a proverbial box and I'm gonna put it on the shelf and I'm gonna trust that you know what's in that box and I am going to work in the field that you've planted in this season in my life now I'm gonna focus on this field and I'm not going to focus on the promise because the moment I became transfixed on the promise and thinking that it was a now word I completely neglected what God had asked me to do right in front of me. Three years later one of those two promises in this season is coming to life It's coming to life in a way that I could never have imagined. That little seed that was buried under all that darkness that we didn't think was ever going to come out of the darkness. At the beginning of this year in January, towards the end of December last year, started piercing beneath the surface, like it's piercing the surface. And instead of freaking out and thinking, oh my goodness, can you see that? We gently waited for it to grow. We didn't come over and try and change its environment or anything like that. We didn't interfere. We just stood back and let it grow. And as it grew, it got stronger. And we watched, we watched this little seedling grow. And it grew and grew and grew. And over the process of this year, it has not just formed into a seedling, but a little sapling. And we can start to see the purpose that has come out of that seed and out of being buried into the darkness because this particular promise has completely died to itself. It's expired all the destruction and the pain and the suffering and it is rebirthed into something beautiful and something new and something with a purpose. And we are so, so grateful and we're so thankful to God. And I'm so excited because although it hasn't reached its fulfillment as in this specific promise hasn't completely been fulfilled but we know that it's nearly there and we can almost like it's starting to bud as such we know it's about to happen but we're just so thankful for the journey and we're so thankful to see growth where there has been no growth and in Colossians I think it's Colossians 3 it says that only God causes the growth. It's up to him to water the seed. It's up to him to call the seed out of the ground. It's up to him. 
nothing that you can do can change the timings of God. I really had to learn that lesson. It was so, so hard. It was so, so hard. You know, out of this season of my life have come some of the most painful and most personal monocards because all of our times are in God's hands. And it's been a tough lesson to learn. But once you get into a place of being at peace and resting in the promises God's spoken over your life, it releases you from the pressure of having to perform a certain way because that's not what God's called you to do. God's called you to a place of rest and trusting in the goodness of his character and that no matter what happens, God's character never changes, that he's always a good father, like that he'll never let you down. He is, uh, you know, just like the Stephanie Gertzinger uh, sings the uh, You Are Good song, you know, that you're never going to let us down. But she goes in a whole tangent in the in the middle of it and you know and she talks about how um no, I can't remember, that's really funny. Um how he's he's not temporary in his thinking. He hasn't gotten off his throne, you know. God hasn't changed just because the circumstances all around you have changed, just because the things that looked like they were gonna go a certain way have gone the complete opposite way doesn't mean that God has forgotten about you. It doesn't mean that God has let go of the promise that he has spoken to you. He is not a man that he should lie. However, his timings aren't your timings. His ways aren't your ways. And so rest in the validation that God has already validated you and said that you are worthy to receive the goodness that he has promised you. And stop looking for the approval of other people for um, or the validation of other people to say that you're good enough, to say that you're worthy enough, that you're beautiful enough, because you already are. And if those specific promises aren't happening now, it doesn't mean that they won't. But what it does mean that we have to assess where, um, where our hopes are. And I'm going to pray now. But I really feel to pray over uh, abandoned hopes and dreams. So let's let's just pray. Father, I thank you for the honour of being able to pray with these amazing people. Lord, I pray that in each and every person as they put their hand on their heart, Lord, that you would reveal to them areas of their life where they have placed their hopes, that their hopes are pinned on situations turning out a certain way, of people saying yes, of people accepting them, of people loving them, of getting that promotion, of a job going a certain way, of their husband changing his ways, their boyfriend, whatever God. I just pray that they would visualise themselves giving control back to you because we cannot control the outcome of circumstances. God, we can absolutely trust in you above all things, above all powers. Father, you're faithful. You're never going to let us down. You never fail. You're never going to let us down. Lord, we thank you that your character is unchangeable, that you're Goodness is immeasurable, 
thank you, Lord, that you give us peace in those times of uncertainty. Lord, I thank you in Proverbs and it says that hope deferred makes your heart sick. And so, Father, just as we are here before your throne, God, our hands and our hearts, I pray that you would fill us up with hope again. Hope in you, hope in your unchangeable character, hope that no matter what happens, God, you're always there, that you never leave us or forsake us or abandon us. That you never let us down, you never disappoint us, even though everyone and everything around us might be pointing in that direction, Lord, you are not like people and we can trust in your unchanging character. Lord, we love you. Blessed be your holy name, Father God. Amen. So thank you so much for listening. Um, this is now my second time saying this, so I feel a bit silly, but it's also quite funny. Uh, tip for next time, Danielle, do not press the mute button because it is not the power button. So thank you for listening. I will be doing another video. Um, I might record it tonight. I want to talk about dreaming with God. Um, and then I will send it out to you. So thank you so much for uh, following us. You can find us on social media. I posted the painting I was, or uh, the dream I was talking about. I painted it quite badly, but if you'd like to see it, it's on our Facebook and Instagram page. Um, you should definitely follow us on social media. We have an amazing social media manager called Jillian, who is like epic and amazing and is posting scripture every day and worship every day to keep you encouraged and uh, cleaved into that place of intimacy with God. Uh, we are so passionate about encouraging people. We would love to encourage you every single day. So do find us online um, on Facebook, Manicards, Instagram, Manicards, and Twitter. We don't really use Twitter, but apparently it's linked. So we also do have that. So please do find us. Um, thank you so much. Don't forget to subscribe. I think it's down here. There should be a little button somewhere so you can subscribe to us and keep in contact. So thank you very much. We pray God's blessing on your day and may you have 2019 be the greatest year of your spiritual life where you see the fulfillment of God's promises. And if not this year, that you would bear the fruit of patience and endurance until you do. So that's everything from us. God bless you and we will speak to you next week.